you know, over the last several months, you know, you, when you watch the news and all of the election coverage, and it's, a, it's like an anxious time for us in the country. It's a, uh, in many ways, a divided time in our country. And, it, you know, we're often really passionate about our political beliefs. We're, you know, really passionate about a certain candidate we, that, you know, we may believe that's going to affect positive change for the country and we can get disappointed if our candidate doesn't, you know, make it because we believe the other candidate is going to affect negative change. And so, you know, we need to be concerned as Christians about the elections and about change and about our leadership because there are spiritual implications as well. But at the same time, you know, no, jo no election should kill our joy. It shouldn't rob our peace. And it shouldn't displace our trust in the Heavenly Father. Because my trust is not in man. My trust is not in government. My trust is in God. Amen. And so, despite whether you were disappointed or you were ecstatic, either way, either way, our trust has got to stay in God. Our trust cannot be in any one man or in a government. Our trust has got to be rooted and grounded in God and what the Word says. Even if you were disappointed about the results of the election or, you know, maybe you're ecstatic or whatever, there, there's positives that we can always take away from every single election that takes place. And some of that was what we saw on the screen, that there was... There were freedoms that were sacrificed. There were sacrifices that, that were made for our freedom. And it, the, the election was a reminder of our freedom to choose our own representation. You know, there's many nations that do not have that freedom to be able to choose. There is no such thing as, vote, in vote, as voting. There is no going to the ballot, you know, casting a ballot. You know, there's none of that. They don't get their little sticker with a check mark. I love those little stickers. Also, in the U.S., in the United States of America, we have the blessing of a peaceful transference of power. How many times have we seen with other nations where one is taking over in another country and, and, and there's riots and there's wars and there's you know, skirmishes and, and many die during the transference of power? So this election reminded me, because I, I, I didn't hear any. Maybe there was a fight or something, maybe that broke out somewhere, and maybe somebody went, Romney, no, Obama, Romney, you know, or whatever. I don't know. Maybe. But by and large, it, it's a peaceful transfer of power in this country. And I thank God for that, that we have that here in America. And so... Uh, you know, the scripture says in Thessalonians 5.18, in everything, give thanks. And so, I give thanks, you know, despite, you know, anything that may be going on, or I might be disappointed, or may, you know, whatever, I, I'm going to give thanks to God. And I'm going to find something to thank God about, even if I might be disappointed. 
I, I said, you know, as I, so I, I thank God for this country. It's, it's an awesome country. And every, you know, I've, you say, well, TJ, well, how do you know? I have been in several other countries before, visited several others, been on mission trips. No, I haven't been everywhere. But from what I read, what I study, from who the people I've talked to have been to even other countries and, and the countries I've been to, I, 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 told, I believe this is the greatest country in the world. I, it's just what I believe. I, there's, just, there's no other place that I would rather live than right here. And so maybe this has come out of your mouth, and this is not to condemn you or anything like it. You know, or, you know, I've heard people get mad at America. I heard one actor say, well, if so-and-so, this was years and years ago, if, I think it was Bush, if Bush wins the election, I'm moving out of the country. I thought, you're crazy. Well, then go ahead and move. If you don't like it, get your rear out. Uh, you know, apparently he hasn't been around too much. Hey, I'm just being honest. Just because... His canon, it's not going to make it. He's going to give up on the greatest country, the best, what I believe to be the best country in the world. I, it just, it makes sense. And it doesn't make sense. So when I did heard that, you know, I was like, well, bye, see ya. You know, when it did happen and Bush won the election, oh well. And, it, you know, I, I heard people say that. And I heard little news, you know, certain celebrities or this, that, or if this happens, I'm leaving, you know. And I thought, well, go ahead then. Every time, every, every election I hear that. I think, man, this is the best place to live in the world. Why would you want to leave America, the home of the free freedom? So we're to keep our peace despite what goes on. In Psalms 32, verse 11, it says, Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, ye righteous, and shout for joy, all ye that are upright in heart. So we're to have joy. In John 14, 27, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Isn't that so good to be reminded of this? Despite what may go on in our world, despite the things that we see. And I still hold to the fact, and I, I even said it just this past week, that there's more good that happens in this world than bad. We like to think, sometimes we think about how awful things are, because, and we'll think how awful things are, because the news just tells us the bad stuff. They don't tell us the good stuff of that neighbor that's helping that other neighbor, or that person that's going to the homeless shelter and helping out and feeding. We don't get those reports. We don't hear about all the good things. We get to hear about all the negative things. And we get to hear, basically, if you turn on the, if you watch the news, basically you get to hear about what the devil's doing. That's basically what you get to hear about. You don't get to hear about what God's doing. You know what? We need a God network. And I'm not talking about the Christian stations we have. We need a, we need a God news station network that reports all the good things that are going on around here, how so-and-so's getting helped out, and so-and-so's helping so-and-so, and so this guy over here, he really loved his neighbor. Because that's taking place all the time. All the time. And we, we, you know, we think there's so many bad people in the world. Last I checked in Prince William County, you know, the last week, I don't think anybody murdered anybody. I didn't hear that in the news. So we don't have a bunch of murderers running around in Prince William County. I didn't hear about, you know, some, uh, you know, rapists running around. We, we, you don't, 
by and large, most people are pretty good. I wish that was enough to get us into heaven. But by and large, you know, you don't hear about, you know, all those good things. You, by and, It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Now, I'm not trying to get you so comfortable you just leave your door unlocked at night or something or whatever, but what I'm trying to say is that God is in control. God is working and moving all the time. Just because something bad happens doesn't mean he's asleep. Just because something bad's happened doesn't mean that his arm is not coming down and working and moving in this, in this person over here, in this group over there. It doesn't mean that God's not working right here in this church now and working and moving on your behalf in this church because God is working and moving even now. Amen? Second Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11 says, Be perfect. Be of good comfort. Be of one mind. Live in peace in the God of love and peace shall be with you. Isn't that good? We are to live in peace despite what we hear on the news, despite what we see going on around us. We are to live in peace. Despite what happens in the elections, despite what happens in our government, the decisions, the laws, the this and that, we stay in peace. We still vote. We still be involved. We still fight for uh, what we believe in. We still fight for what the Word says. But we are, no matter what, is decided, no matter what happens, we live in peace. We're not to trust in man. And this includes government. Psalms 146, 2 through 3 says, While I live, will I praise the Lord. I will sing praises unto my God while I have any being. Put not your trust in princes, nor in the Son of Man, in whom there is no help. We don't get any help is what it's saying here. We, our princes, the rulers, our government. We don't get any help. The real help comes from God. One translation says, I sing praise to my God while I exist. No matter what happens, we're to praise God while we exist, while we have breath. That's what the Scriptures tells us. We're not to put our trust in princes or government officials. We get no help from them. Now, the title of this message this morning is God or government. So the question I have is God or government? God. It's a no-brainer, right? It's God. We can't allow government to replace God. And many times we forget, you know, we get comfortable. And we get comfortable with with. Uh, you know, our supplies being met. And sometimes we, we, we you know, we're all, uh, we have this, this trust in the system and trust of what's going on around us. But it's, a, it's trust that's misplaced. Our trust is to totally be in God because He supplies all of our riches and glory, right? God supplies all my needs according to His riches and glory. It's Him. He supplies all my needs. America, you know, has a history of forgetting God many times. On March 30th, 1863, Abraham Lincoln signed a resolution that called for the nation to fast and to pray. The fast day was observed one month later. Wouldn't it be wonderful if our president got up uh, tomorrow? I'd love it, you know, 
get up and proclaim a national fast day. Wouldn't that be wonderful? We need to pray for our president. It could happen. Say, TJ, you're crazy. Oh, no, it could happen. We need to be praying for our president. Can I get an amen? Here's an excerpt from this proclamation. It says, We have been the recipients of the choicest bounties of heaven. We have been preserved these many years in peace and prosperity. We have grown in numbers, wealth, and power as no other nation has ever known. But we have forgotten God. We have forgotten the gracious hand which preserved us in peace and multiplied and enriched and strengthened us. And we have vainly imagined in the deceitfulness of our hearts that all these blessings were produced by some superior wisdom and virtue of our own. Intoxicated with unbroken success, we have become too self-sufficient to feel the necessity of redeeming and preserving grace. Too proud to pray to the God that made us. It behooves us then to humble ourselves before the offended power, to confess our national sins, and to pray for clemency and forgiveness. Oof. This is what Abraham Lincoln said in 1863, an excerpt from that. And then he went on to proclaim a day that we would come together as a nation to fast and to pray. Lincoln saw a nation that had been blessed by God, but while enjoying the blessing, they had forgotten the blesser. And if Abraham, and I thought about this, and I read this, and I thought, if Abraham Lincoln said that about our nation in 1863, what would he say now? Ooh, what would he say now? I heard all those oohs. And that's why we're talking about this morning putting our trust totally in God not in government not to forget who blessed this nation this nation is uh, free and I've said you know this is the greatest nation but it's the greatest nation and the best nation because God blessed it because God did it it's not because of our own wisdom or our own, you know, virtue, like it said here, our own superior wisdom and virtue of our own, as President Lincoln said. It's not because of that. It's because God Almighty decided to bless this nation. Oh, and I am so glad He did. May we not turn from God, but turn to God in everything. America declared independence from Britain on July 4th, 1776. The 13 American colonies declared independence uh, from the British Empire, and thank, thank God we did. Amen? Can I get an amen on that? Now, the Declaration of Independence in the preamble, everyone's heard this, most have, says, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So what were we saying to Britain? We were saying, your ruling over us has trumped what the Creator has given us. What the Creator has given us. And so we can't have this anymore. Let me continue with what it says. That to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. 
that whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it and to institute new government, laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. Now, there's a lot that we could say here. There's a lot that we could say about that time period and, and what was going on and the taxation without representation and just, just on and on and on. But we declared independence as a nation from Britain. As in, you know, we can't decide to come together as a nation, decided to come together. You know, the colonies decided, you know, whoop, we're, we're going to become our own nation over here. We're declaring independence. And it's one thing to declare independence from another nation. It's another thing to declare independence from God. Every single nation that has decided to turn on God, turn their back on God, declare independence from God, and not serve God Almighty, serve other, other gods, they're paying for it right now. They're paying for it right now. You say, well, TJ, what do you mean? There's dictators, there's famine, there's been genocide, there's all these things. Why? And, and you know, I used to wonder when I was in, I said, Dad, you know, we'd learn in school. I said, Dad, why does this happen? Why is this happening to that country over there? And why aren't people going to help them? Why isn't this, you know, I, I, w I was getting angry. You know, I remember, you know, middle school, learning this stuff. Our teacher would teach. And I was like, why is this happening? What's going on? He said, because they weren't founded like this nation was founded. They didn't decide that God was going to be the one to supply all their needs. They turned their back on God, and they're paying for it right now. And so that's why I thank God for this nation. But we've got to know we cannot turn our back on God. We cannot forget where the blessings come from. We cannot forget the blesser. We have to stay strong as a nation, come together, and, and remember where we came from. Remember how we got started. In Genesis chapter 11, we have an account of a society that decided to separate themselves from God. I want to talk about this here. In Genesis 11, verses 1 through 2, in the American Standard Version, it says, And the whole earth was of one language and one speech. And it came to pass as they journeyed east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. Now, up until this point in the Bible, to journey east was to go away from the presence of God. When Adam and Eve were, you know, when Adam and Eve were cast out of the garden in, in Genesis 3.24, he pushed them out east, away from his presence. When Cain killed his brother in Genesis 4.16, it says that he was removed from the presence of God to the east. And so this, these people, they decided to come together, the one language, one thing, you know, we're going to go eastward. It's a euphemism before of we're going to separate ourselves from God. We're going to get away from his pre presence. We're going to get away from him. We're going to come over here and we're going to do our own thing. Okay, we're going to do our own thing. Now in verse 3, more of how we know this to be true. And they said one to another, go to, let us make brick and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and slime had they for mortar. And they said, go let us build us a city and a tower 
whose top may reach unto heaven, and let us make us a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. Now you notice we underline, let us, and it's not the good kind that you eat, let us, okay? This is a lot of us, a lot of me, our own agenda here. We're going to do our own thing. Now see, notice, it didn't say, and God instructed them, and then they did. Like all the times before, you see in Genesis, you'll see up until this point, you know, these people, and God said, do this. Okay, we're going to do this. And when they didn't, then God instructed, and then they didn't, something bad happened. Every time. God warning nations. The scripture is made up of all kinds of, of, of uh, examples, of um, warnings to nations. Follow after me. Don't run after these other gods. Or X and X and X is going to happen. Okay? So these people that come together, let us make our own agenda. We don't want what God wants. See, God wanted them to scatter. They decided we're going to come together and we're going to come over here and do our own thing. In Genesis 9, he was like, you know, go, go replenish, go on, spread out, do this thing. They decided let's, let's come together and let's do this. Our own, our own stuff over here. Let us. It's kind of like, you, you know, you have the, the, the teenager. He gets to be 12, 13, 14 years old. And next thing you know, he wants to do his own thing. How many know what I'm talking about? All of a sudden, it's like, wait a minute. What do you mean i got to fix my own sandwich? What do you mean? What do you mean I, I've got to do the dishes? Now, all of a sudden, what do you mean? I've got to run the vacuum cleaner. What do you mean I've got to clean the bathroom? You know, the teenager, the, 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 you start putting, they get older, and so you want to put some more responsibility on it. You want to tell them, okay, here, you've got to do this, and you've got to do that. You give them some instructions. They say, oh, no, no, now they want their independence. You know, all of a sudden, and, you know, to a degree, sometimes, you know, it's okay to grow up and want to, you know, be independent. But it's not all right when you're in my house and you want to be independent. Because if you're going to eat my food, you're going to scrub the plate afterwards. Right? Amen. See, they want to eat your food, get their allowance, and play their video games right after dinner. Oh, no, no. You're going to clean up, boy, and you're going to scrape the plate, and you're going to clean it, put it in the dishwasher, wipe the counters, you're going to sweep the floor under the table from all the crumbs. You know, you're going you're gonna to help. You've you got to do something. They want to live off your dime, eat your food, supply their clothes, and they want to do their own thing. And then when they get older, can I borrow the car? And don't you think they're going to put gas in the car? There ain't no way. They bring that back, you get back in the car, that car's empty. It's on E. Son, why didn't you go? Well, you know. They'll do it all. They want their independence. That's the way it is. But isn't that what our nation has done to God? We take them out of our schools, we take them out of our courtrooms, but we still want the blessings. Isn't that true? You know, we, we, we take them out. We want them out of our daily life, but we still want the blessings. Just like the teenage, I still want my, the food. I want you still to do my laundry. I just don't want to have to do the work. I just don't want to have to, you know, take the responsibility. 
God's given us a responsibility to love Him with all our heart, soul, and mind and to love our neighbor as ourselves. And as a nation, we see that by and large we're going further and further and further away. We want more, quote, liberty. We want our own independence. When we've got two or three states, however it was, that declared that it's okay to smoke marijuana, we want to be able to do our own thing just for the sake of liberty. 90% of the people who voted yes to that aren't even going to pick up a joint and smoke it. Why did they sign it? Why did they vote for it? Because they believe that we should be able to do our own thing. Right? That's, there's only one reason for it, right? These people here in Genesis, I want, we want to, let's go over here. Let's make a city. Let's build a tower. And let's make a name for ourselves. The further God is removed from a life or a culture, the further you are removed from being covered. See, when we declared independence from Britain, there were still some consequences to that decision. If another nation was going to come and invade us and attack us, they weren't coming to our aid, right? We had to take care of our own business. Just like, you know, when I moved out of the house and, and, my, and got my own house... Now that's my house. I've got to take care of my own business. I can't call mom and dad. Can you come clean my bathrooms for me, please? I can't do that. I've got to take care of my own business now. And so as a nation, when we said no to England, you know, to Britain, okay, now we've got to take care of our own business. And see, when God, when we say that to God, oh, we want to do our own thing, he says, okay. Why? Because he put us here with the right to choose free will. He gave us free will. And so when we say, oh, we, we want to be able to smoke marijuana. Oh, we want same-sex marriage. Oh, we want to be able to do it. He's, okay. And so, uh, and the covering begins to come off. Are you here, church? Don't tell me what to do, but keep giving me the clothes on my back. That's what we're saying to God. Verse 3, let's read it one more time. Let us make brick burn them thoroughly, and they had brick for stone and slime they had for mortar. In verse 4, let us build a city and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven. Let us make us a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. So three things, build a city, build a tower, take a name. So we build our own city. A city is a place. They wanted to build it over here. They went east to get away they're moving away from the presence of God. I want to be separate. That's step one. City. Build a city. Separation from God. Step one. Tower that may reach up into heaven. See, they're still thinking religion a little bit here. We want, we're going to do our own religion. See, you can have religion without God. You can have religion without God. You can have a form of godliness. That's what the scripture calls it. I'm not interested in a form. I'm interested in a relationship. Amen. And then he said, then they said, let us make a name for ourselves, our own name. Whose name are we wearing, church? I'm wearing the name of God. I'm not wearing the name of government. I'm wearing the name of God. I'm not wearing the name of man, man's wisdoms. I'm wearing the name of God and his wisdom. That's what I want. So they didn't want the name of God. They wanted their own name independent from God. Now let's look what happens. Verse 5. We're almost there. 
And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower, which the children of men builded. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they have all one language, and this they begin to do, and now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. And because God gave him the freedom to choose, he recognized and he saw that this society was going to be able to accomplish what they set out to do. He recognized they're going to do it. And it looks like we can see many things in our nation and how it's headed in many of these social issues in our nation. We can see, and I know God's looking, and they're going to be able to accomplish this. They're going that direction. They're going that way. Church, we got to pray. He's looking down. He said, they're going to be able to do this. And this independence, this independence from God, this whole thing of separating, you know, cutting God out of it, it brings evil every time. It brings evil every single time because God is cut out. Verse 7, go to, let us cut down and there confound their language that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from thence upon the face of all the earth and they left off to build the city. So now judgment came down. He said, okay, y'all want to talk think you're all smart and you're all that, you're going to build this city, build this tower, you're going to take another name and you're going to forget me. He said, no, I'm going to intervene. He comes down, the language is scattered, the language is all messed up and now they're scattered. And the thing is, is that God is to be the conscience of government. That's what we should be looking to as our conscience, as a government, as a people, the things we vote for. How many people went and voted for that measure for being able to smoke marijuana or being able to have same How many people spoke to God about it before they cast their ballot? You know, how many people did that? I would venture to say not many. Took the time to say, God, how should I vote on this measure right here? How should, I, how should I do this? God or government? Which one do we want? When God's cut out, things get messed up. We've been seeing America get more and more messed up over the last several decades. And then we wonder, why is this evil all around us? Or why is the evil coming our way? And the questions that we have to ask are these three things that this society did. We learn from this society in Genesis 11. Are we in a place that's separate from God? In other words, have we built a city that's separate from Him? Do we have a religion, a form of godliness, without the relationship that God desires, that God commanded us to have? And whose name are we wearing? Whose name do we wear? Who do we represent? Let's all stand. I know this wasn't a super rah-rah message. I know this wasn't one of those kinds where... You get out shouting, hallelujah, you know, and all that. And I'm just, I'm blessed and, and that sort of thing. I can tell you, you are blessed, amen? You are blessed. I'm blessed. We're blessed. We're blessed as a nation. We're blessed as a people. And the point of this message this morning is that we don't fall into the trap that so many others are falling into of putting trust in the man. Putting trust in the man. The body of Christ, many in the body of Christ in the nation is falling into that trap of trusting 
in man. They've got their hopes and their trust, and they believe the answer is the correct man for president, or the correct senator, or the correct governor. That's not the answer. God's the answer. God's the answer. Our focus cannot be on politics, church. Our focus has got to be on Him. And there's nothing wrong with getting involved in politics, but it's got to be second. Are you hearing me, church? And we're seeing too much of the body of Christ, seeing too many churches, too many pastors compromising, compromising at the expense of the gospel of Christ. And that's not, that's not the pattern that God's designed for us. So this morning, I want us to pray. I want us to examine ourselves. Are we trusting in government, trusting in man, or are we trusting in God? Where does our trust lie? Because despite what happens around me, and, you know, we can look at the, the, the different example: Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, Daniel, you know, the, the, the societies that they lived in were corrupt. They were, you know, they were godless. But yet they, they held fast. They stayed firm. They trusted in God. And that's what we've got to do. And that fiery furnace may be hot. And it might get hot. But we've got to see it through and trust and believe in God. And I believe there's going to be a, a day and a time where just like in that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, where they were thrown in that fire, and there was another figure that appeared. Oh, man, I get goosebumps thinking about it. Because I know, I know, I know, I know of what's going to happen in this nation. Because there's going to be a time when another figure appears. My God. Mm, hallelujah. Let's pray. Father God, this morning, we just come to you. And just as Abraham Lincoln said, and he said we had to humble ourselves before the offended power. And we humble ourselves this morning. We say, God, forgive us where we've trusted in man, where we've put trust, we put, we, we gauged our joy and our peace level based on the things we see around us instead of based on what the Word says. Lord, forgive us. And Lord, right now, we just, we put our trust in you. We say, we trust in you. We do not trust in man. We do not trust in an idea or a government, or this society, what, the, what we see around us. We just put our trust in you. And Father, I thank you. You are the God of peace. You are the God of joy. I thank you for giving peace and joy to every single person under the sound of my voice. I thank you that as Christians, as the body of Christ, as those that, that wear your name, that we would walk around and people would see that difference and see the joy and the peace despite our, our disappointments or despite what's going on around us. Lord, I thank you. I praise you for it in Jesus' name. I thank you for doing a work in the body of Christ in this country, in the body of Christ across this nation. Lord, do a work. Bring us back to you. Bring our trust back to you. Where we've had that misplaced trust, that displaced trust. Lord, I thank you that we would just put everything in your hands. We'd lay it all at your feet. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Can we give the Lord a hand? God is good.